As you know by now, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation, Plus CBD Daily Balance THC-free. Daily Balance is a daily use supplement that provides the benefits of CBD without the concern of other cannabinoids like THC causing unwanted effects. Daily Balance contains the purest form of hemp-derived CBD in high concentrations to help you overcome intense challenges to mental and physical well-being. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new Daily Balance THC-free line of oil, soft gels, and gummies. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutant, because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. You know, Layla, I just got back from a very interesting uh, couple of days in Charlotte, North Carolina, where mm-hmm. they held the American Nutrition Association Annual Summit. Mm. And we had some great lecturers about nutrition and the impact of nutrition on disease. And uh, I actually lined up uh, several new guests because I met some really fascinating people down there. There was actually oh, one ga- one gal I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. uh, who is a classical homeopath. And I know that homeopathy is very controversial. You, you put down homeopathy because uh, you know it's not really scientific and it, there's actually a- efforts to uh, to make it uh, to outlaw it in the United States I know. because it just seems like hocus pocus. But if you talk to her, she is from India and she, she underwent uh, a six-year medical school program, which is both conventional medicine and homeopathic medicine. There wow. Are, there are many homeopathic medical colleges there. Yeah. And she is the real deal. And she has she can tell you about remarkable cases uh, where homeopathy solved these really intractable problems. But it is not like, oh, you know, you go to a drugstore and you buy like cold homeopathic cold and flu yes, remedy. Yes, you yes, know? yes, yes. It's like classical homeopathy where you spend like an hour and a half asking all kinds of questions and mm-hmm. do a deep dive on person's history, personality, preference, mm-hmm. food preferences. Right. And it's it, part of the, 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 uh, the uh, upside of homeopathy is that you do take a very comprehensive uh, history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one. We're going to do a podcast with her, I think, in January. Uh, and... Another one, very interesting, you know, we talk a lot about the microbiome, the microbiome, the microbiome. There's so many companies that do intestinal profiles, you know, that tell you, do you have enough diversity, blah, blah, blah. Right. This gal works for a company that does the vaginal microbiome. Oh, wow. So that you, so women who have pain on intercourse, women who have a lot of discharge, a lot of itchiness, burning, whatever. So... Mm -hmm. What they'll do generally is say, do you have a yeast infection? Use an antifungal. Do you have a, a bacterial infection? Use this mm-hmm. antibiotic. That's about it. Or, or, or you know, you're older, give you some estrogen. That, they have yeah. like, like three, three moves. But this, she works for a company which characterizes the microbiome, and they can come up with some very interesting, nuanced, wow. individualized approaches to women's problems. That's interesting. So I think uh, there's a real... Void to be filled there, if you'll excuse the pun. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Uh, so, because there are cases of like 
intractable uh, bacterial vaginosis yeah, 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 yeah. or they have itching but it's not a yeast infection so what is it or uh what's what's that condition where i forget what it's called but a, a low oxalate diet is good for it oh man vulvodynia thank you vulvodynia absolutely there vulvodynia. is it's a big problem yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. she vulvodynia. they actually will evaluate that mm. and you know and and you know she, I, I talked to her about Oxalobacter formigenes, which is one of your favorite yeah. things. She says, she says it's not all about that. Oh, it's, wow. It is a bit about that. Okay. But there are other... We'll get into I'm it. I'm looking forward to that yeah, podcast. Yeah. Wow. And then, but speaking of oxalates, I'm going to talk to the oxalate lady, who uh -huh. is like very, does a lot of research on oxalates <clears> and <throat> the impact of oxalates on health, not just for kidney stones, but, you know, because that's traditionally where we think of oxalates. Like, yeah. Oh, are you going to get stones? But she talks about pervasive effects of oxalates on health. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, another one who wrote a book that I, you know, really uh, think is great is she wrote a book about uh, immune uh, support for COVID. Mm. So that we've got those three lined up, all women. By wow! The way. And this, by the way, the the, the uh, that was a place where I think women outnumbered men ten to one because mm. women nutrition. dominate the nutrition profession. True. Um, what was interesting was the food there. Mm -hmm. The food there, they they, oh, they tried to get tell. the food right. Oh, okay. They tried to get the food right, so they really made an effort. So, uh -huh. but there, I the it was a little lost in translation because the the chef understood that there were people very interested in nutrition, so it was kind of vegan. Oh, yeah. that. So okay. <laughs> yeah. So you know, oh, I was that. kind of on like a, a protein quest. Okay. You know and. Did you have rice and beans? And there was a lot of rice and tofu. And since it was the South, a lot of black-eyed peas ah, and collards. Nice. Oh, those that's nice. So that was cooking. That was all good. right. That's all right. I mean, look. Was I, there a ham hock in it? And no, the no, oh, no, because that kills you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, Southern food is beautiful. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was, um, yeah, a little low-fat, a little you know, mm -hmm. quasi-vegan. Mm -hmm. Well, here's another one. This is interesting take-home from this. Um, you know the term food desert. What, yeah. what's, what's your understanding of food desert? That, that there are no proper uh, uh, grocery stores or any, you're left with convenience stores. or It's a food desert. There aren't enough places to go to get your shop, to do your shopping. And it's a matter of food much. equity, right? Because yeah. it's economic because there are places where the major uh, chains, you mm -hmm. know, like whatever, Whole Foods or, you know, yeah. even like... Just, or even a ShopRite, even a, or a key food. They just feel like they don't have. They, yeah. they, they don't have the uh, economic uh, base. It doesn't make sense economically to right. be there. Yeah. They can't. You know. They they can't uh, have high priced gourmet foods. Yeah. Because the people can't afford the foods. Blah mm -hmm. blah blah. So they yeah. so they withdraw. And what you get is like mm -hmm. a lot of fast food places where people get maximal calories for their buck. Right. You know, for like. Six bucks. Thing. You can yeah. eat as many French fries and have a big gulp and have like a yeah. you know and have some no, chicken nuggets. And yeah, right. And that's what constitutes yeah. a food desert. Okay, that term is now obsolete. So please, please get oh. rid of that term. Oh, okay. 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 You ready for the new term? Okay, I'm I'm sitting down because you're not au courant <laughs> if you don't supplant food desert with this new term. Mm -hmm. The term is food apartheid. Oh my. Boom. Yeah. But it's I think it's I think it's kinda good. Yeah. There's there's something It's impactful. Yeah. But it also It makes you listen. Yeah. It, it has when a, you hear apartheid. It has a little more social justice yes. zing to it. You mm -hmm. know, that this is a social justice 
mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Okay, and that we really—I mean—we have to address it. You know, it's we do. It, it's an act. It's a. It's. It's true. Inequitable. It is. Yeah. It's inequitable. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's a societal. Uh, uh, you know. There has to be more available. It's a societal disparity. Yeah. To those in. And it makes, and it makes no And by the way, the, interesting. Yeah. This there was a lot of focus on, you know. Frankly, our practice is geared to people <clears throat> who pay the freight, and we're yeah. in New York City. You know, where the cost of living is high, and we have fairly yeah. affluent patients. But something that I did in med school was uh, I went into the community. I worked. I went to med school in the Bronx, and we went into the community and we taught basic nutrition. And there were several lectures about that, those efforts, and one of the lecturers was fantastic. She uh, works in an inner city hospital, and she is about to publish in the British Medical Journal. I interviewed her, uh-huh. and um, uh, she is just uh, fabulous. Her name is Ramona Wallace, and if you go back to one of my podcasts with her, that podcast resulted in her being selected to go to the American Nutrition Association. I introduced her to the American Nutrition Association, mm-hmm. where she was an absolute sensation because she applies nutrition where it can make the biggest difference. Like if you have somebody and they bring in a big bag of vitamins and want to know what else they can take, you know, you're, we're sort of like, it's like gilding the lily yeah. already. The lily is a beautiful flower. It doesn't need to be gilded. Yeah. But people who have abysmal nutrition, where when they do a nutritional profile, they'll have like a vitamin D of two. Oh, They'll have deficiencies of folate, B12, B6, yes, iron, zinc, thiamine. They'll mm-hmm. actually have beriberi, scurvy. Yeah. And these are people who, and then what she said was she encountered a lot of resistance there. She, she teaches medical students, and she says to the medical students, what's with this patient? She goes, did you ask them what they eat? They go, well, you know, not really. Yeah. Well, go in there and ask what they eat. Yeah. And then run some blood tests to look at their nutritional status. Yes. And she, she's like, you know, and she's really making a difference. Fantastic. Yeah. So those. You know, I often give this analogy to some of our new patients, you yeah. know, who are a little resistant to changing what they eat, By their the way, lifestyle, we'll, Folks, we'll that. get to questions in a we minute. We will. We will. But th- this, this is important. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, first of all, I, I make the example that Dr. David Perlmutter has often made. My dog was sick. I took my dog to the vet. The vet asks, what are you feeding him? Why first aren't question. we asked the, the first same question. First question? And I tell them, that's why I'm here. <laughs> anyway, so the other thing is, uh, the other analogy that I like to make is, your car is making noises, it's sputtering, and there's smoke coming out. And so you go under the hood, you clean things, you clean the carburetor, if there's a carburetor anymore, I don't know. Okay, don't mind me. You change the hoses, you do everything. But you did not address the fact that you still keep putting apple juice in the tank. But I thought apple juice was good for you. (laughs) Not for for your car. car. So, you know, it's that. And then they go, oh, I get it. I'm not supposed to eat like that. Right. Right. Actually, apple juice is a little too sugary. So we just eat the apples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's get back to questions. Yes, 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 yes. Finally. Okay. We've We've got a question here from a Dr. Bhatia. Okay. Dr. Bhatia, who's 67 years old. My CRP numbers are 38.93. Right. Eight days after treatment for COVID and mm-hmm. viral pneumonia. Oh, well, okay. So what is a C react? What is a CRP? C, it C-reactive used to be, pres- you know, yeah. I grew up in the Nixon era and it used to be a uh, committee to reelect the president. <laughs> <laughs> right. CRP. But now yeah. it's, it's actually C reactive protein. Yeah. Uh, 
and C-reactive protein is the uh, is a measure of inflammation in the body, along with sedimentation rate. Now, if you chunk C-reactive protein, it is reflective of things that are a little harder to test for. You can test for them, but they're expensive and a little esoteric, like interleukins mm -hmm. and TNF, tumor, t tumor necrosis yeah. factor, yeah. alpha, and they summate to C-reactive protein. Mm -hmm. And so a normal C-reactive protein is less than 20. An optimal C-reactive protein is, you know, you know, zero to five. There's also something called HSC-reactive protein, which is supposedly high more high sensitivity, which is, speaks to cardiovascular risk. Yeah. And by the way, they've issued, they've introduced a new drug to lower C-reactive protein. Hmm. It's actually an ancient drug. It's colchicine which you will wow. see uh, images of the autumn crocus, which is a source of that medicine uh -huh. on, in Egyptian hieroglyphics from like 3,500 years ago. So this new wow. medication mm -hmm. is called Lodoco, which is to lower inflammation in patients at cardiovascular risk because statins don't really do it. They do it a little bit. Uh, most of the drugs that are addressing cardiovascular risk don't specifically lower inflammation. So mm -hmm. they're now Based on some studies, they're saying, give them a little colchicine. Wow. What they did was the drug used to cost pennies a pill. Mm -hmm. They got an approval for Lodoco. Mm -hmm. Now it costs $20 a pill. Oh. A little medical economics there. But they I, were able to change something in its structure so they could patent it? No. And now it costs more? It is the same drug. It's just oh. got a, It's the IP, the intellectual property of the use Oh, that you're I paying see. for. I that, see. Right. Okay. Okay. So they did the research, so you've got to pay the money. Uh, let's get back to inflammation. So, yeah. I, you know, I presume that the C-reactive protein this person is elevated to his baseline. I mean, right. if he can tell me that he's previously had C-reactive proteins that are in normal range, then it's definitely due to COVID and there's inflammation. Right. And it should resolve, especially since he had viral pneumonia, yeah. which is inflammatory. But things to do. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what are things that lower C-reactive well, protein. Well, Oh, okay. There, there are some other reasons that may be at play here. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Bhatia is on the obese side. Okay. He, that is right there that raises C-reactive protein. Exactly. He, Bhatia, by the way, you know, no, no secrets here. That's a, a South Asian name. Uh huh. There is a high degree of insulin resistance mm. among South Asians. Yeah. They're very prone to that. Yeah. This is a big problem. It's recognized in the uh, Indian, Pakistani uh, yeah. uh, medical literature. Yeah. And so he needs to be on a low-carb diet. Right. There's another not thing. Not so much chapati and not so much white right, rice. Bas right. Not so much basmati rice. There's another thing Dr. Badia had was NHL, which is not National Hockey League. Right. I know. <laughs> Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Which in can... 2006, under remission. But could that be simmering? I don't know. No? Uh, that okay. could be a factor, but it is a risk factor certainly for having a bad, uh, more serious COVID outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think it was um, Jeff Bridges who had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and had um, immunosuppressive treatment, which is one of the treatments for that. Yeah. And he got very serious COVID. Oh. So people yeah. under treatment for... Um, uh, People being treated with immunosuppressants, it suppresses right. the same immune system you need to fight off COVID. Cancer, chemo, immunosuppressant yes. drugs. Yeah. So, I mean, it figures in there, is there still residual inflammation from the non-Hodgkin lymphoma? Yeah. Um, you know, 
Okay, so what are, what would we give just to lower C-reactive protein? You give fish oil. We'd give curcumin, which yes. is so in the repertoire of Ayurvedic medicine. Absolutely. Uh, Buzzwellin. Yeah, maybe we, SPM. SPM pro-resolving mediators, mm -hmm. uh, which by the way, you know, let's mention full script. DrHoffmanStore.com. It's available there. Yeah. Um, it's it definitely weight loss, and a low-carb diet will help you to achieve that. Right. And bring down the C-reactive protein. And frankly, tincture of time, because this is going to be, it's going to eventually resolve. He's yes. in the immediate aftermath of the infection. Right. Um, mm. And so, speaking of that, I, you know, I did attend a lecture of a guy who does very, very sophisticated immunological testing. Mm -hmm. And in 2020, he was in the early wave of COVID. And he's a guy who, you know, he runs his own lab, so he, he's done like a lots of profiling. So he has a baseline, mm -hmm. and he had essentially normal immune function. And then he tested himself a few days after COVID, then successively every few weeks. And there were a lot of dysregulations that oh. gradually, gradually, gradually resolved after his okay. case of COVID. Mm. Um, and he, he would, and he felt fine, but there were still abnormalities. Huh. So it it kind of I mean look it creates a real uproar of your immune system. Sure. In patients who ended up on ventilators or dying, it was called cytokine storm. Yeah. Cytokines are what raise C reactive yes, protein precisely. Inflammatory, yeah, inflammatory yeah. cytokines. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I hope we gave a good answer to Doctor yeah. you know, he's a doctor, so he yeah. understands all this yes. stuff. Yes. Doctor Bhatia, thank you very, very much. For your question, we hope you feel better soon. Okay. D D even has a you know resolving effect you know on vitamin D. Oh, absolutely. And you want to make sure your level levels are never under fifty. And really. fr frankly, I mean, this might sound racial stereotyping, but in uh, darker skinned individuals, mm -hmm. there, there's and especially obese or darker skinned individuals. Yes. And we'll see that a lot in the South Asian population. Very low vitamin D. Right. Right. It takes longer to get your vitamin D the darker skin you have. Yep. The more melanin you have in your skin blocking it, number one. Number two, obesity, the fat cells sequester the vitamin D. And the women are very modest. They wear like a lot of clothes. Oh, and they so don't they're get not getting exposure. any. Exactly. They don't think they're getting, getting a tan any. is, a, is, is no. like a, a fashion statement. No. You know? No. That's it. Okay. So, good point which to pause and allow one of our sponsors to share an important message with you. So here goes, listen up. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Youthful Energy, providing you with a unique energy support of pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. 800-982-9158 or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks very much for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They, of course, are what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to our questions. We have time for a couple more. This comes from Adriana. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. I'm a 57-year-old female. Why do I get abdominal pain after a bowel movement? And what I sometimes get, and I sometimes get pockets of foam when I urinate. Okay, wow. Um, hopefully, unrelated problems. Yeah. Um, but 
abdominal pain after a bowel well, movement. That, that's pretty common, and it is um, sometimes uh, referred to as um, tenesmus, you know, or a spasm. You know, mm -hmm. it could be like a spasm that occurs, you know, when the muscles contract. Mm -hmm. uh, or it could be a sign of something going on there. I would recommend a checkup. Mm -hmm. You know, there may be diverticulitis there or even, you know, oh, right. some inflammatory condition. You yeah. Know. yeah. But, you know, I, you okay. know, in abundance of caution, I would check it out if it's new and it's getting worse. And it's happening all the time and not just intermittently. And, you know. and sometimes, I, you know, things can resolve with a little bit more fiber. You know, mm -hmm. I sent you a link on... Um, uh, the, the value of resistant starch, yeah. and there's a product there that I sent uh, a link to. And I forget mm -hmm. the name of the product, but right. uh, there are resistant starch products. Some of them are on full script. Mm -hmm. And for example, resistant potato starch was recently shown yeah. to help people get this uh, not experience something called uh, GVM, which is graft versus host reaction uh, after. A transplant or a bone marrow transplant, yes. which is a very serious problem. The, the immune system goes haywire. And how, isn't it interesting that giving a prebiotic mm -hmm. can change the body's immune response? It, it, uh, the remarkable. microbiome is responsible for so many things. Yeah. So that having a better microbiome lowers your chance of a complication after a transplant or after uh, a, uh, a bone marrow uh, transplant, which yes. is sometimes a cure for... Um, certain um, advanced cancers, you know, right? like yeah. especially blood cancers. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, all right, abdominal pain after bowel movement, other, and then sometimes get pockets of foam when I That's urinate. Oh, so, okay, so that may be innocuous, but it may also be a sign of what's called proteinuria, which yeah. is protein in the urine. So, so it's either air bubbles or protein in the urine. Well, hopefully not air bubbles, because like, where would it come from? Yeah. You know, it's like it, exactly. If, if the only time if you yeah. really have air bubbles in mm -hmm. your urine, and you have GI symptoms, you might have what's called a fistula. Which I don't want to oh. go down that rabbit hole for this patient, make them alarm. Yeah, but little. you can have a communication between the bowel and the bladder, yeah. and air gets into the bladder, and you get you know. Yeah. But you can also get really scary it's like fecal content coming out exactly of you know. yeah but you know I'm, I'm not going down the rabbit hole no you know i think a lot of people see foam in the toilet and it's often innocuous mm -hmm. um it's not necessarily a dire sign mm -hmm. and just make sure you didn't just use the toilet bowl cleaner right <laughs> right exactly toilet bowl cleaner what about the splashing effect and that maybe incorporating some air and causing bubble i yeah. don't know I have no, I don't know. Stand closer to the bowl. Hmm? Sit yeah, closer there to you the go. <laughs> <laughs> Adriana, thank you for your question. <laughs> okay, this comes from Anna. I've had Lyme disease for some time, and I have to take Benadryl for the itching. Hmm. Are there any new antibiotics to treat this? I have to avoid beef, pork, and lamb. Oh, this is, she's got that um, tick-borne disease. That tick-borne disease, yeah. where she, uh, alpha-gal. Alpha-gal. Right? It appears to have you, gotten you know, worse. You know that because you are an alpha-gal. I'm an alpha-gal. You're that's totally right. an alpha-gal. Yeah, I'm an alpha-gal. The alpha older guy, I get, that's what's happening. You're an alpha-gal. Yeah, I'm an alpha-guy and you're an alpha-gal. There we go. But there's well, a disease. We are the alphas. Alpha-gal. <laughs> this is the is, alpha podcast. Is a, you know, so <laughs> it's Lyme disease, yeah. which is a tick-borne disease, but also she acquired the tick-borne uh, sensitivity to mammalian protein. Yes. All yes. mammalian protein. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So, and, and that can cause uh, itchiness, yeah, mm -hmm. typically. She says it appears to have gotten worse. Uh, the itching has gotten worse since I've had a head cold or sinus. Is there a special she's diet? She's got a histamine problem. She needs to be on the yeah. low histamine protocol. Yeah. Um, and to take that down. Also, she needs to be wary of some sources of hidden sources of animal protein. I think you have a list of things, even gelatin caps when she takes oh, vitamins. Sure. They yeah. they actually could be small uh, sources of some uh, alpha gal protein. Mm -hmm. So then you, you she might have to you would sit down with her screen her intake of uh, food and supplements. Yes, uh, even cosmetic products. Sure, and make sure that things she's that not, are being absorbed through yeah. the skin, all of that. Yeah, and then totally. low histamine diet. Mm -hmm. What are some of the histamine triggers? Typically? Oh, like avocado, tomatoes, spinach. Uh, any fermented vinegar, pickled products, yeah. you know, sardines, things like things of Soy that nature. Soy sauce, mm -hmm. yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Certain fruits, right? Certain citrus, even even healthy citrus. fruits. Berries, certain berries. Certain are high. berries yeah. are, are problematic. Absolutely. Right. So, uh, and then we might give her uh, DAO. DAO. And there are DAO supplements on full script, mm -hmm. which you can obtain, but. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you need a little guidance from a nutritionally oriented physician who's familiar with some of these things. Right. And I, are there new antibiotics for Lyme? You know, I got to say that I've um, it's have got, been doxycycline, right? Well, that's traditionally, but you know, I yeah. I see the people doing Lyme disease these days, and they're using very interesting combinations of antibiotics. But the belief with long line long line is not necessarily that you need more antibiotics. Mm. The belief may be that you know you've killed the Lyme. And they may be some residual particles of Lyme, uh, residue of Lyme that's triggering an immune response, or maybe the immune system is just in overdrive and doesn't shut down. Mm. You know, and then you have to treat, you have to normalize the immune response. Okay. And obviously she's that's got an overactive hyper immune response because she's allergic and, you know, all that all stuff. All of that, right. So, uh, you know, okay. see a um, specialist in... Um, tick-borne diseases, but also, and you know, they're, they're Lyme literate doctors, but I think, you know, we have a patient who's like that. She has yeah. alpha-gal and she has, you know, yes. uh, is, so. This itching part is interesting, however, itching. Isn't that also a sign that the liver is having a hard time? Well, or something? If, if you have high bilirubin, yeah. Yeah, but okay. But only okay. in that instance, it, you know, not necessarily. All right, okay. Anna, we hope you feel better soon. Yep. Okay. We have time for one more question, and then we'll keep the rest of them in the mailbag and pick up on them next week. Okay. We've got... Okay. This is from Janet. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. I recently had a CT scan that said a minimal aneurysmal dilation of the ascending thoracic aorta she writes aorta, aorta okay. with a max diameter of 3.6 cm. In your opinion, what does it mean and is there a concern? Can it be reversed? Okay, well, first of all... Um, She's 69. That's a finding that's fairly common mm -hmm. that is not ominous because an aneurysm is like... Um, it's like the outpocketing in a tire that's about to burst. Yeah. You know, sometimes you'll see like a bulge in your... like bicycle tire or something like yeah. that, and you know, like, whoa, that's about to that's pop. That's going to pop. Yeah, so aneurysms are graded on their size, and at a certain point, they need to be operated on. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking at it, and they go, well, it's a little bit bigger. That's what this fancy language means. It's a little bigger than, yeah. you know, it's on the upper limits of normal. We'll keep an eye on it, but it's probably not a problem. Now, it could be 
due to either chronic hypertension because that puts more pressure on the pipe. Yes. With the aorta is the main pipe mm -hmm. that conducts the blood. Or it could be due to an underlying condition like atherosclerosis, mm -hmm. which can undermine the integrity of the of this big artery. Or there's some people who have collagen defects mm -hmm. that um, make the collagen less resilient. Yeah. And then it starts to swell under pressure because there's a lot of pressure in the aorta. Right. So what the drill is with this kind of thing is like, okay, we saw this come back in whatever interval they deem appropriate. Come back in six months or a year mm -hmm. and we'll see if it's any bigger. And after a while they get bored, it stays the same. No problem. If it keeps getting bigger, then they might have to consider uh, aortic repair. Mm -hmm. Now, is there a supplement that makes this better? Well, I would attack the underlying cause. Are you overweight? Is, are yes. you hypertensive? Yeah. Could you possibly uh, put less pressure on your aorta continually? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I don't think there's a vitamin per se. Right. I mean, I guess in cases of severe nutritional deficiency, the collagen is yeah. undermined, like you don't have enough vitamin mm -hmm. C or something like that. She's wondering, can this be reversed? Probably not, yeah. because you know, if a if a sock is stretched out, you know, right. it's it's you can't retighten it. Right, when my socks get stretched out, that's it. It's that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Janet, thank you for your very thoughtful question. But it is a very general general question because mm -hmm. these are things that people encounter. Because as we image people, more and more things pop up. So you know, when we you yeah. know, look for this or screen for that, you know, that's why. There's always something, and then you say, "Well, you, you know, we looked at your uh, your gallbladder; it's fine, but your aorta looks a little bit on the large size, right? You know, like so. Then it starts off a whole cascade of events where you have to keep, you know, exposing yourself to radiation and getting more apprehension, and you know, right. getting more involved with medical. Mm -hmm. uh, Look encounters. for trouble, and you'll find it. Yeah, you know, that's a why. Bit. That's why I wrote an article about excessive uh, screening. You know, one of my columns and I I don't think that everybody should get you know a, a whole body MRI every year to yeah. predict disease um, you know I it might save some lives but it's also going to cause a lot of havoc true my and, goodness yeah you know, we told the story of uh, a woman who you know had uh, like a uh, breast biopsy that was overread I think we did it last week yes and then it led to a whole series of that calamities. was a nightmare of a yeah. story yeah. yeah yeah so it was like you know with the mammogram, the blah, dee, 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 you know, right. down the rabbit hole, and not good. All right, right, yeah. But exactly. you know, we, you got to balance it. You know, there there needs to be some degree of attention, sure, uh, and screening, uh, sure. But um, you know, but where is there a, a line drawn? To all know? that balance, right? All right, um, that's all the time that we have. Time flies, and we're having fun. Uh, yeah. Let me tell you, tell us, tell the audience about our campaigns. Uh, we have a campaign, banpfas.org. Uh, by now, you've probably heard about PFAS chemicals. They're ubiquitous in the environment, and they're very harmful. Yes. And Europe is ahead of the curve in uh, proposing bans on PFAS because it's not something that we can get out of the body once it's in the body. It's not something we can get out of the environment once it's in the environment. Mm -hmm. And just because you buy organic, we demonstrated at my organization, the Alliance for Natural Health, that uh, even organic kale has residues of PFAS because yeah. it's in the water, it's in the air, um, it's in the soil. It's a, yeah. So it is pervasive. We just have to stop adding this to our environment. You know, it's in clothing, 
It's in uh, cookware. Yeah. It's in you know your pizza box mm -hmm. uh, because you don't want you. I mean, God forbid your pizza should stick. <laughs> you want to get all that cheese into your pie exactly. hole and not you know have it stick to the box. So well, I put some PFAS on there and it slides off. <laughs> well, no, not a nope, great idea. Not a great idea. So Dr. Hoffman, uh, I'm sorry, banpfas.org. Our full script dispensary is at drhoffmanstore.com for the supplements we mentioned here. And um, yeah, that's all. Yeah. So thanks very much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another edition of Q&A with Layla. Questions to questions at drhoffman.net. Let's get some more great questions like we did this week. Thanks for participating and have a great week. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.